Good morning, good morning. Breakfast and the class today, Rabotai, is sponsored in loving memory and Lilui Nishmat Moshe Ben Le'ah, Alava Shalom, sponsored by his son, Alberto Smeki. The Pasuk says, the Pasuk says, Vayitzak Moshe El Amonai, and Moshe called out to God, Al Devar Hatsefardeim, because of the thing of the frogs. Asher Sam Paro, that Moshe, that God had put for Paro. The Ora Hayim makes an incredible observation about this, about this Pasuk. He says, what does this mean, Asher Sam Paro, that Hashem had put for Paro? Why does Moshe have to say explicitly, Asher Sam Paro? And the, the Ora Hayim says the following words, Mikan Shetzarich Lefaresh Tefilato. We see from here that a person is obligated, they need to express, to explain, to elucidate their tefillah. What the Orahaim is bothered by is Moshe is going to pray about these frogs. Does he need to say that Sepharadim, the, the, the frogs that you put for Paro, does he need to say the words for Paro? Does he need to express what it's coming for? And the answer is, and he brings from the Pesukim in Vayet Hanan, that when a person prays, aside from just praying for the object, expressing how and why you want to use the object is as important as asking for the object itself. Now, he brings a Midrash, and the Midrash is actually fascinating. It describes a young Jew who is sitting there and he's struggling under the weight of many packages. So he turns to God and he prays to God, Hazman li hamor. Please God, he says, make, make come to me a hamor, a donkey, so that the donkey should be able, what is he thinking? The donkey should be able to carry the packages. But what does he say? He says, Hazman li hamor. Get me a hamor, please. You know, you know he like called it Uber for hamor. What happens? All of a sudden, came in front of him a certain goy with a baby donkey. And the goy tells him, pick up my donkey and carry the baby donkey. Now the guy besides all of his packages he has on his back, the dip, now he's going to carry the baby donkey. Why was he praying for? He prayed for Hazman Hamor. What did God do? He answered his prayers. But the prayers weren't specific. And I thought to myself, Aside from the idea that Or Hayim is communicating, why Moshe Rabbeinu had to pray and say, Asher Sam Le-Faro'. Get, get rid of these frogs, the ones that you put for Pharaoh. Aside from the message in the parasha itself, it teaches a tremendous lesson also in the nature of Tefillah. When a person is praying to God, what is it that you are praying? The words that you say are very powerful. And they can bring about what it is that you want, there's no question. But if you didn't express why it is that you want the thing that you want, then sometimes the thing can become something radically different to what you prayed for. Let's go a little bit in a different direction perhaps than in a situation where someone prayed for a donkey to carry his weight and now he was asked to carry the donkey. I think as well, the nature of this hamor that the Midrash is expressing has a deeper understanding as well. Every time in the Torah that we use the word hamor, it's supposed to be a double entendre. Not just that there's a donkey, but rather, and Avraham got up in the morning, et hamoro, and he saddled his donkey. 
What does it mean that he saddled his donkey? The word hamor also is the same letters and the same expression as the word homer, which means his physicality. The most physical, natural nature of a father is to love his son. Abraham, in order to be able to do what he was doing when he saddled his donkey, to go take Yitzhak, was the ultimate saddling of one's humriyut, of his physicality. It was riding on top of the physicality as opposed to having the physicality ride on top of him. We find by Bil'am almost exactly the opposite. What does Bil'am do also when he wants to go curse the Jews? He gets up early in the morning and he saddles his donkey. Avraham to do the mitzvot and Bil'am to go and curse somebody in order to get an extra few dollars. However, the Midrash tells us something very uncouth. That not only that, that the Hamor says to him when he hit Bil'am, it's the donkey. The Hamor says to him, why are you hitting me? Was this the first time you, you know, you're, you're riding on top of me? Says the Midrash that what he was expressing, the Hamor was expressing to that Bil'am not only used to uh, uh, use him for uh, journeys, but he also used to use him in an uh, inappropriate and intimate way. So Avraham is taking, going on top of the Hamor, he's going on top of his physicality, he's saddling it. He's using it for his purposes for spirituality. But what is Bil'am doing? The Hamor itself has become an intimate partner for him. It's become uh, something which is his closest connection. Like the Pasuk normally says about an intimate relationship, This idea, the concept that a person can pray for a Hamor to, to take his burdens. So many times a person is struggling with Parnassah. They don't know how to make ends meet. They're thinking to themselves, Hashem, I can't send my kids to a Jewish school. I can't buy an etrog and a lulav. When I go up to the Sefer Torah, I have to say, like, you know, maybe $10 instead of giving. I want to give in a nice way to the Beit Knesset. I want to help the Ani. I don't want to tell the guy, Ma'ando, I don't have anything. So the person goes and he prays for a hamor. He prays for something to carry his burdens and carry his weight. He prays for Parnassah. But what he doesn't realize is, that unfortunately many times the person prays for Parnassah and he gets instead of one challenge, a very different one. And the Hamor that he was supposed to ride on top of, rides on top of him. And it becomes something which he's so connected with and so influenced by that instead of it providing for his problems, it becomes his primary problem. So I think there's a specific nikudaya that we need to take out, that when a person is praying, not only do they need to pray so that God, so to speak, knows where to deliver it, but rather as well, so it should be clear to themselves where it is and what it is that they're praying for and how that they want to use it. Rabotai, the pasuk, also when it says, al-divar sefaradi'im, why does it not say, and he cried out to God, al-sefaradi'im, for the sake of the sefaradi'im, what is this? Al-Divar, it sounds almost like the thing of, or the word of the Tzifardim. And I saw the most beautiful pshat, the most beautiful idea. It's brought down that we know a person who's, when he's praying, a person who's been praying with Palel, he needs to say, he needs to hear the words in his own ear. So whereas in the Arov it says, Vayetar, Moshe prayed. When it comes to the Tzifardim, it says, Vayitzak, and he screamed. Why do you need to scream? The answer is, we know that the frogs, they were croaking so loudly all throughout Egypt that Moshe Rabbeinu with, with a regular prayer, he couldn't hear his own words in his own ear. 
So therefore, when it came to the Tzifaradim, that was so noisy. Vayitzak Moshe. Moshe needed to scream just so he could hear himself. And I think that there's an incredible lesson here as well that it's important that when we're praying for something that we could hear in our own ears and remind ourselves and listen carefully to what it is that we're asking for. Sometimes a person is asking, they want to get married and they're praying for a shidduch. But they're not specifying what it is and why it is that they want to get married. So what is it? They're looking for a female companion. What happened? Hashem gives them a female companion. Now the G, she don't ever want to let him walk out the house. Because he prayed to God, he never wanted to be alone. Hashem says, no problem. I'm going to give you a wife, she's never going to let you be alone ever again. It's important, I have to say, and I'm saying it of course in a little bit of a joke here. But what about the flip side? You know, a woman is praying, the same thing for her husband. She just says, I want a husband. Did she pray for a husband who's also going to be a good father? She didn't. So Hashem is misdemeant to her what she prayed for. It's so important. You prayed for a wife. Did you pray for a tzaddiket? Did you pray for someone who has the right midot? Did you pray for a sadiq? Did you pray for someone who's going to be kind, who's going to be gentle? Sammy and I were talking earlier about the, about the, about the Amidah and praying a little bit, a few minutes longer. I think maybe a few minutes longer in our tefillot uh, every day, maybe uh, apropos. Because when a person is praying, they need to specify and elucidate and, uh, and express. It's called Arichat Sefatayim. Spend a little bit more time expressing what it is that you want. Of course, as well, that makes the tefillah much more real. Bezat Hashem, we should be zocheh, that we can pray from the depths of our hearts. And like we hear in the parashah this week, and Hashem says, And I have heard at na'akat b'nei Yisrael, the, uh, the screams and the cries of the Jewish people uh, from the difficulty of their work. And v'ezkor et b'riti, and I will remember my covenant. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen, Amen, Rabbi Chananya.